Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson. And Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. We are coming to the end of the month, which means we are also coming to the end of our series on systems. So hopefully you have been enjoying it as much as we have. I thoroughly have enjoyed these episodes. And today we're going to share some of our personal favorite systems that help us keep our lives together, or at least make it seem like we're keeping our lives together. (laughs) But first we're going to listen to a TSH from Grace. Grace says, I am so hoping you have some ideas in relation to a hurdle I have been battling for what seems like the very beginning of my career. After seven years of teaching here in Australia, I am yet to find an effective way to organize, which I love that she spells organize with an S, and store paperwork associated with me as a teacher. While I have figured out that the storage of assessments and that ongoing paperwork that never fails to find a place on my desk, it is the professional learning policies and procedures, which I am finding extremely difficult to organize. I have tried file systems, folders, and attempted to go digital. I honestly thought going digital was the answer, but it quickly became very time consuming as often the resources, slides, readings for professional learning courses are given to you in paper form scanning these takes and then these take time to scan. I do not seem to have that. (laughs) <laughs> way to way to rock it there at the end Bridget. It's listen linda i'm a little parched okay oh, we don't need to think about that <laughs> oh my gosh i'm sorry grace i i really screwed up your tsh at the end it's hard when we read these especially when they're really long because we get so it's almost like the longer you read we like, don't mess up the don't way mess we up say it. i know and then yeah. we want to say it the way we want to say it and it's so hard coming from somebody else's voice and you're yeah. trying to like recreate that voice Ugh, yeah no so you, did, you did a great job i was just you know teasing you i'm so sorry okay <laughs> grace First of all, go back and listen to our last episode, 195. It's funny because Bridget and I literally just finished recording it at the time that we're recording this one. And we hit on this at the very end of that episode. We talk about professional development and, and how to organize it. Our consensus is digital is the way to go. I understand it can be time consuming to try to scan files and, and get it added in digitally. What I would say is during meetings and PDs, we tend to have moments of downtime. Use those moments of downtime. I know you would probably rather talk to the people around you or, you know, run back to your room and grab a snack, whatever it is. But truly the one to two minutes it takes to scan that document in the moment is your best bet. That way it's done and you don't have to worry about it. I also would argue that more and more PDs are leaning into the digital components and the files that they share are digital because that's just surrounding so much more of our lives. And so I think over time you're going to see less and less paper. So in my mind, it's best just to embrace the digital side rather than trying to still organize the paper side, like just go digital because that's where everything is going anyway. But we touch a lot more on this in the last episode 195. Bridget, did you have anything you wanted to add? 
No, I mean, I think you really hit on everything that I would that I would have said too. I would also just really want you to stop and think about whether or not you truly need the materials that they're mm. handing out. I yes. feel like a lot of the times they give you materials because they want to make it feel like they're sharing really important information. And it's mm-hmm. like this really sad quote or something that's just not even <laughs> relevant. And it's like, why do I need to keep this? And so yeah. if you don't feel as though you need it, I would say move on. And if you really want to kind of keep it for just a little bit, take a picture of it, make a folder inside of your phone that just says PD, like whatever, like an album, and then just keep all of those images in that album and then clean it out whenever you're done. And then that way, if you like don't want to let go of it because you're nervous, you still have it in some way, shape or form. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I know there are a lot of times where I look back at things I took pictures of that I wanted to remember. And after some time has passed, I look back and I'm like, I don't even need this. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? What is this? <laughs> what even is this chart thing that they're giving me? Right, uh, right. Lord. <laughs> All right. So jumping into today's episode, I know we have talked before about how we love to people watch either in public Best. Or online. I feel like watching vlogs on YouTube mm-hmm. is almost like people watching. It is. You know what I mean? It's and great. I always love just seeing how other people do things to get ideas. Even mm-hmm. if what they're doing won't work perfectly for me, it still kind of triggers new ideas of things that I can try or tweak to be able to work for my life. So per usual, we want to share some behind the scenes with you when it comes to systems we personally have used and loved. So this month has all been all about systems, as Michelle has just mentioned. And in episode 193, we broke down what a system is and gave a few examples. In episode 194, we shared three must-have student routines or systems that you need to develop in your classroom. And then in episode 195, we shared three must-have teacher systems that you need to create. So now we are going to share two systems each that we have personally developed and really loved using like hands down ride or die this is what we (laughs) used (laughs) and it's going to be a mixture of systems specifically for your classroom as well as some that you may be able to adopt for your own personal life but we are going to cover classroom materials papers notes and just like all of the other things I'm excited for this episode. Let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to kick us off with sharing about my classroom library system. It makes me so happy. But let me just say, this took me years to develop and get right. Y'all, my first classroom library was a mess, okay? I had a good intention going in, but it just quickly fell apart. So Before I started teaching, I had collected a lot of books from garage sales, thrift stores, and I went into my first classroom with tubs of books. And I remember my parents helped me kind of set up my first classroom. And I had gone to the dollar store and gotten these little colored stickers. They were like little rectangles, but they had like rounded edges. And they were probably like a half an inch wide and maybe a quarter inch tall, Mm -hmm. like little rectangles. And I had different colors like blue and orange and yellow and green, pink. My idea was I'm going to categorize the books and each category is going to be given a color. So for example, yellow is going to be my animal books. Right. And so on the bin label, it would say animals and it would have a yellow sticker and all the books that went in that bin would also have a yellow sticker. 
well, I should have seen this coming. I quickly ran out of colors. So I started having to stack colors. So then I would have a category that's like pink yellow it would have like two stickers on it oh dear lord michelle yeah Yeah. and then i went through all the two combinations and i started having three so i'd have i'd have like pink green yellow (laughs) that's my system and then it started getting so thick from like i would kind of like layer them so they somewhat overlapped and then they started peeling off of the books so then i was going in and having to reinforce it with like packaging tape So that system lasted for like a year. And then I quickly realized that mm, not, not the best, but the idea behind the system was solid. I knew I wanted a system that would allow my students to do most of the heavy lifting with the organization. Like I wanted there to be some kind of a label on the book that matched the bin. So there was no excuse. All they had to do was match the symbol and put it in there. So I ended up changing it and thought, huh, instead of just using colors, how about I come up with a picture symbol for each different category? I can put that symbol on the bin label and put that same symbol on the book. And that's when I ended up creating my classroom library labels, which I do have now in my TPT store. They have been revamped over time. Initially, I had pre-made labels with the images. The issue was I was constantly getting emails from people saying, hey, I need this like custom category. And all I was doing was like creating custom labels for people. I'm like, this is not going to work long term. So I since have changed the product to be editable. So I give you over 500 different like image icon symbol choices and Mm -hmm. you get to type in like your categories. But I have the labels for the bins with the image and then they're little circles that you can punch out either with a one inch hole puncher Or if you want to print them on like the one inch label stickers, you can then just place them onto the book. I will say I still really like to reinforce it with packaging tape. Like if I'm going through this, I want to make sure that the stickers or the paper piece like stays on there. So because I'm going to tape it down with packaging tape anyway, I didn't even use the labels. I just use plain paper. I punch it out and tape it right onto the book. But the same thing. Yeah. And that's how I do it. It's so much easier and it doesn't ruin your book when you take it off. Yeah. It's, it's been very easy to like set up and maintain. And then that way my students were able to keep it organized because all they had to do was match the symbol. Now, when I would get new books, whether it was from a book fair or an Amazon order that I did, sometimes I wouldn't label them right away. Like I would keep the new books behind my desk until I got like a pile of Mm -hmm. them. And then I would sit down and I would batch it. So I would get out my little organizer that had all my book labels. So all these little pre-punched circles, because I would pre-punch extras so that when I got new books, I already had the labels ready to go. Initially, I had them all in little Ziploc baggies. So I used like the snack baggies and I had a snack baggie for each different category with the little round book labels. Eventually, I switched to like a bead container organizer. It has little square sections and each section would be for a different category. And I'd have those little circles in there, but I would sit down and label like 10 to 20 new books at one time. And all I had to do was like 
come up with the category, put the little circle on it, tape mm-hmm. it down, and then I would have students organize them into the bins. And it just has brought me so much joy, I will say. And then anytime I had to change classrooms, it was really easy because I could pack up all the books and it was very simple to put them back where they needed to go because of those symbols. Girl, but, I just did genres. <laughs> I'm yeah. so lazy. I'm such a lazy person. <laughs> but that's not lazy. It takes just as much time to organize it Does by it? genres. Does um, it? I just, I feel like my brain, I've always struggled you with like the identi- categories. I do. I like categories. I've struggled with identifying genres of books. Like to me, there's certain ones where I'm like, well, this could be this or it could be that. So I always like to just mm-hmm. categorize them. And it, it depended a lot on my books. Sometimes it would yeah. be an author. Like here are all my Dave Pilkey books. Yeah. Um, especially if you have like a, a section with those authors. I totally yes. understand. And other times it would be like a series and then other times it would be like a category like sports. So yeah. for me, it just was a lot more like customizable. But I'm going to let y'all chew on that. Let it marinate a little bit. We're going to take a quick break and then Bridget is going to share one of her favorite classroom systems. This month is all about systems and one of the biggest systems teachers have to master is planning. Oh, absolutely. Between lesson planning and organizing those monthly routines, it can be a lot to manage. (laughs) That makes me think of Michael Scott's book, Somehow I Manage. (laughs) But anyway, we developed our digital teacher planners to make that system much easier for you. Yes, we did, guys. And our digital planners have tons of templates ready to go so the organization is done for you. Plus, don't we have a freebie to help with that monthly routine, Michelle? You know we love a good freebie. So yes, we have a monthly review planner insert that you can use with any digital planner. And it's completely free over on teachingonthedouble.com. When you get there, just scroll down a little and you'll see it right there on the homepage. You can have it sent to your email right away. Go grab that freebie. And now back to the episode. All right, we are back from our break. And so I want to share my first classroom system that I love. And it's a paper sorter. doesn't seem super fancy at all. So we mentioned um, this in last week's episode 194, where we talk about systems that you need to create as a teacher and definitely go listen to it if you have not already. And that paper is a huge issue when we talk about like our profession in general. So one thing that I have used quite consistently throughout my teaching career is a paper sorter from Ikea. Now I'm going to spell it for you because Lord knows that I'm going to ruin whatever this name is. It's the (laughs) K-V-I-S-S-L-E. Kvissel? Sure. Is that what we're going to go with? Um, That's what it is. That's what the paper sorter is called. It's from Ikea. It's metal. And it has five tiers of paper sorting that you like trays that you can pull out. And it's located behind my teaching area. Now, I actually have two of these and they each serve a very specific purpose. Now, one of these systems, the, the paper trays from Ikea, was for like all of the random pieces of paper that I would be given in a day. And this does not include copies. I'm going to get into that a little bit later on in this episode. So each shelf in the paper sorter had a label. The bottom was my inbox and I would just 
sort and file these papers every single afternoon. So every random paper that was put into my hands, I would shove it into this inbox so that way it wasn't on my desk or cluttering up anything. And then every afternoon I would take those out and then I would sort through them. Above the inbox is the waiting section. So this was something that I was waiting for somebody else to complete. So I was waiting for a date or I was waiting for an email from someone. So I would place that paper in the waiting for section and I would just kind of review them every once in a while to make sure that I was staying on top of it. The next one above that is important and it's like meaning I need to do this ASAP. So if something was super important, I would place it in the important tray and then that just kind of signaled to my brain, get this done first thing in the morning because you need to have it finished. Um, And then the next one and then was like the needs to file section. And in this one, it was typically for like reference papers that I needed to just process and then just file them away. And they could be like activity originals, papers from admin, or even like notes for families that I would maintain in their student file. So that was kind of the needs to file section. And then the final section on that first one is going to be to copy. Um, And so for the to copy section, it's literally what it is. It's like (laughs) papers that I needed to like copy first thing in the morning. So like I said, I would sort through these papers in the afternoon at the end of the day, place them where they needed to go, um, get rid of the ones that I didn't need, and then in the morning, I would go back and review anything when I had that time in the morning to get that done. So that was my first system. I told you I had two of these. The next one was all about my grading. So on the bottom was my two grade section. So as I would get my papers and I would check them off using like that vertical checklist of student names, it was just like a quick checklist, and I would have them binder clipped. I would put them into the to grade section. And so when I was done grading that, I would then have a section above that that says was graded slash return. So once it was graded and I knew I was going to return it to students, I would place it in that section. If I wasn't going to return it to students and I was going to place it in their portfolios or student files, I would put it in the one above that. So this is the third row and it would say um, graded need to file. And so that would tell me that I needed to file it next. And then I would have a needs to finish section for those babies who would always forget to do the back of the paper you know oh, yeah you remember those those were always great and so I would love those those were my super fun and I would just put it in the needs to finish and then I would grab those sweet peas in the morning and make sure that they finished their assessments and then the final one was like adding it to like a portfolio so I, I guess I kind of confused that a little bit so where it said like grade file I would put those in their student portfolios that I kept but if they had like a portfolio for the school I would put it in that top portfolio piece because there were things that I had to keep, whether it was like certain assessments, writing assessments that had to go into that specific portfolio section that was in like a hidden spot in my classroom behind like closed doors. I would want to make sure that those papers went to where they need to to go. It sounds a lot. It does. Now that I'm kind of saying it out loud, it does seem like a lot. But I promise you these like two little file folder like file systems behind my desk kept me so organized when it came to my paper. Well, yeah, it's all about having a place for everything. And by having those two sections with, you know, five different compartments each, 
it gives everything a spot. Now, am I correct that you would label them using like your label maker like your yeah. Dymo where it prints yes. out the label because I'm okay. lazy <laughs> no so I but- used my Dymo label and I just labeled each one of them so I mean I knew where they all went I had yeah like, I knew what it all was and so if a teacher would if I was sick one day and they were like hey do you have that paper that needs to go um with that kid I would say hey go check my file system back there in the important section if you don't mind just like filling it out for me and sending it home <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think that's lazy at all because you need to have them labeled not only to keep yourself straight, Mm -hmm. but also for that reason. If someone else is in your room, they can easily find what they need. And honestly, the label maker, because it spits out those real thin kind of strips, it's Mm -hmm. perfect for labeling those because those sections like the um, pullout piece. Yes. Right. And it's like the perfect thickness for that. It is. It is. I loved that system. I used it since kindergarten. Oh my. I know. Bless. Every time you say kindergarten, I just think of all the binders that were in your basement. Stop. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Moving on. So I'm going to take us back to the TSH because Bridget, you were talking about like reading books and and attending PDs and like, how do you sort all that information? That's what I'm going to talk about for my next oh, one. Nice. So, okay, good. I'll be listening and taking notes myself. There you go. Well, this is what I call like my note taking system for lack of better words, but it's basically like my second brain. It's a collection of all the things I want to remember, but definitely won't because I actually have an awful memory. Anyone who thinks I have a good memory doesn't realize it's because oh. of this system. Like I'm giving I'm, her a face right now. Hold on. I'm good at remembering very random things, but otherwise it's not that I'm actually remembering it. It's that I know where to go to access the information. But anyway, I use this for every single area of my life. I used this for teaching, for grad school, for my business, for my personal life, everything. Okay. It's just within the blank plain notes app on my phone. Okay. So if you're Android, I'm sure you have something similar to the notes app that Apple has. If not, switch to Apple because Apple is better. But I have folders for all the different categories of my life. And I'm literally going to like read through my folders. So besides the like, there's a notes folder that comes standard on it. I have nothing in there because I don't like it because I want my own folders. I have a folder for books. I then have a folder called Emerson's, which is a shared folder between Billy and I. I have a folder for fitness. I have a full I have a folder for food. Of course you not do. shocking. I have a folder titled Mom, which is things that I use to help my mom with like technology with her blog and stuff like that. I have one called Other. I have one called Pocketful of Primary. I have one called Teaching. And then I have Teaching on the Double, which is a shared folder between Bridget and I. Now, some of these folders have more folders inside of them. So it's that folderception. Mm -hmm. Just like in Google Drive, how you can create a folder inside of a folder, you can do the same thing within your Notes app. So for example, within Pocketful of Primary, I have a folder for YouTube. I have a folder for Instagram. I have a folder for speaking. And I even have little emojis next to each one. So it makes it really easy for me to find. Like the speaking has a microphone and Instagram has a little camera and YouTube has like a video. Camera. I love it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but then e- inside of each of those folders is a set of notes, and it really depends on the folder. So 
Bridget, we were talking about like books that we've read yeah. and how we store that information. So I mentioned I have a folder called books. Now within the books folder, I do have two different folders for the books that I have written. So the entrepreneur book, which I was right. a co-author of, I have a folder for that. And then I also have a folder for first class teaching. So within there, I have like codes for audiobooks that I can give away. And I have information for my book club and some of my like book launch stuff. And if someone reaches out to me to do like a bulk order, I've got stuff in there for that. But in the main books folder, so notes that are not in either of those other folders that I've created. I have a pinned note because within the notes app, you can pin notes. Mm -hmm. My pin note is just a list of all the books I have read thus far in 2023. So I've been bad about reading lately. I got really busy with all my PDs, so I haven't read a whole lot, but I'm still at, I'm at 17 books for the year. I mean, that's better than last year. It is way better than last year. So I will take it, but it is literally just a list of the books that I have read. Then the rest of the notes, which are not pinned, so they're just going chronologically, I have a separate note for each book that I have read. So for example, when we read Deep Work by Cal Newport, I have a note and it is titled Deep Work by Cal Newport. Okay. And underneath, I have a list of the most prevalent notes from that book. Oftentimes when I read a, especially nonfiction book, I highlight like while I'm reading Mm -hmm. it. Once I finish reading, I go back through and I scan the highlighted parts and I decide whether it's worth putting in the note or not. It kind of depends. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Sometimes you go back and you're like, eh, I highlighted that, but it's not really vital. Um, But I will go through and I have it organized the same way the book is organized. So if it's broken into parts, I will list out the parts. If it's broken into chapters, I list out the chapters and then I just have the notes and it makes it really easy because it's searchable. So I can go, oh yeah, remember I read that book about the 43 folder system. Like what book was that in? I can search it and it will pull it up. Um, So that's one example. I mentioned the Emerson's folder, which has it's shared between Billy and I. So it has like our shared login information. So for some of like our bills and things like that, like our Wi-Fi password, I also have in there like a monthly budget where we have broken down like the costs for everything. I have pet information in there. So like Ember's vet stuff and her like microchip and all of that. And then I even have like house information. So like our refrigerator, I have like the model number and the size. So if I'm out buying like Mm -hmm. organization containers, I can make sure they will fit. Um, And then I even have like paint colors for like the walls and all that. Like I have pictures of what the paint can looks like. And then the other folder is kind of I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's where I put everything else. But essentially, I have like login information. I know I probably shouldn't have that in there, but whatever. I do. I can't keep track of it all. Um, I have reminders. So like little quotes and things that I find where I'm like, ooh, I want to remember that. I put it in there. I have a packing checklist, which... I now have realized I probably should have a travel folder because when I travel somewhere, I will create a note where it lists out like my flight information, my Mm -hmm. rental car, my hotel, just so it's all in one place. And I should probably just create like a travel folder with like the packing list and all of those notes. Um, Discount codes. You know how companies will randomly send you in an email like, hey, your next purchase, here's 10% off and it gives you a code. Yeah. I don't want to hold on to the email. So I just copy the code and I put it into that note so that I can find it when I need it. I also have like gift ideas for different people. 
Um, I mentioned having pin notes. So in my fitness folder, my gym utilizes a QR code that we scan in order to get in. So I have a screenshot of the QR code and it's pinned in my fitness folder so I can find it. But essentially, whenever I find new information, like I'm reading a new book, I will immediately add the information into the notes. Or if I take a picture or a screenshot of something, like a recipe I want to try, I immediately add it in. But I will say when I'm on planes and I don't have internet access, I will go through like my photos and double check Mm -hmm. and make sure I've like sorted all the information and gotten it to where it needs to be. And I will delete notes that are no longer needed because I am kind of bad about that. But I love to do that on plane rides and it's the perfect time because I don't have Wi-Fi and I can't do anything else. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I'm not too far off. I'm just not consistent enough than like what you do probably. Yeah. And I was going to say the the routine part of it is big of like just staying on track and keeping up to date with it. So many books. Okay. I I do love my notes app. I went through an overhaul with my recipes. I love my recipes folder right now. It is great. So I'm curious, how do you store your recipes? Because I'm like all over the place. I have some where I have written out like with text, you know, the things. I have some that are just links and then I have some that are like screenshots. So (laughs) I write them all out. Okay. And then I will make any adjustments in it. Um, mm-hmm. So sometimes I will add the link and then I will make adjustments as I'm like writing them out on how okay. I just like things a little bit different. Um, and then I will take a picture of the dish afterwards and I will put mm-hmm. the picture up there too. Do you make a separate note for each recipe? Yes. See, I should do that. I have one note titled recipes and it's just an ongoing list yeah this is so no, inefficient. I have a folder and it's so okay. interesting the ones that I click on and use the most because you know how it puts them up at the top and yes. it's like the last 30 days and it's like yes oh okay I really like this recipe yeah <laughs> I like I need to do that I need to do yeah that. that one's my favorite okay I'm gonna share my final a system that I'm really, really loving. And this is called the 43 folder system. It's so funny that in the last episode, we were like, oh, we should talk more about these and do a whole episode. (laughs) This is the episode, guys. (laughs) So I'm going to share about my 43 folder system. It's one that I've been using since kindergarten. Um, And I just, I, I, I love how it organizes everything for me. So Essentially, what your 43 folder system are going to be file folders that really help you to organize your lesson materials. So your copies, your examples, your games for lessons that week or even that month, guys. This is how I started like batch planning things in advance because I had the system to be able to to do it. So here's how it works. You will need 43 file folders, like the hanging folders, okay? One for each month in a year, so January to December, and then one for each possible day in a month. So it's one through 31. So you would have a set of folders labeled January, February, March, April, May, June, so on, so on. Then you will have your days, one, two, three, four, five, six, so on, so on, totaling 43 folders. Huh, that's where the name comes from. (laughs) So the idea is that the day that you are on is always going to be in the front. So I would always keep the month in the front. So if I'm in the month of September, I would have the month of September first and then whatever day you're on. So let's say you're on September 22nd thought of that because it's my son's birthday. So the 22nd would be the first file folder that I see. 
And so as I use the materials and what I would do is I would take out that entire file folder, the 22nd, and I would place it on my desk and I would just use everything in that file folder. At the end of the day, you take that 22nd file folder and you move it to the next month. So you have it organized like September, October, November, December, January, February, March, so on and so forth. So because I was done with the 22nd, I would move it behind October, behind the 21st. So I would always have a month that I could plan and prep for. Does that make sense so far? Y- yes. I was going to say, you're doing a very nice job of explaining this because it's one of those things it's where- It's so hard to like visualize it. <laughs> it, it is because it seems overwhelming, but we promise it's super, super simple. It really is. So now that I've finished up the 22nd in September- I've moved it behind October 21st because that day is already done, right? Mm -hmm. I now have the 23rd in front of me. So now that is the first file folder at the front. The whole goal is that you always want the very, the day that you are on to be at the very front and you're constantly just moving them behind the next month. What's nice about this system is that I'm not even reading my notes at this point. (laughs) So what's (laughs) nice about this system is that you can plan months in advance. So let's say you're scrolling on Pinterest or Instagram and you're like, ooh, that's a really cute um, activity for Valentine's Day. You're nowhere near Valentine's Day, all right? Right. It is September, but you like the idea. And we all know that you're going to forget it in like three seconds. So if you don't print it out and like do something with it, you're not going to remember. So you can print it out and then you can place it into the month of February. So as you start to get closer to February, you can pull out the February month and look through any of the materials that you've gathered throughout the year and decide whether or not you want it. So as you were saying that, because you mentioned like printing it out, my mind went to so often now, a lot of the ideas we see come from like an Instagram reel or a TikTok, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily something you can print out. So do you, would you recommend that maybe they just jot down on like a sticky note or even just a yeah. scrap of paper, like the idea or like, you know, TikTok on this candy heart activity or whatever and slip it in there as a reminder. I think that's a great idea because again, you're just opening up this file folder and whatever you've thrown in there, you're processing that information, deciding if you want to do it or if you don't want to do it. And if you do want to do it, what day are you planning on doing it? So if the 14th falls on a school day and you're like, Ooh, I'm, am going to do this on Valentine's day, then you would move that to the 14th. Gotcha. Okay. And I just, I love the system because again, I can plan for months and months in advance and it just allows me to be able to take everything out and I have it right there on my desk in that file folder and I just go through the activities that day. Yeah. I remember when I first found out about this from you, I think it was from a YouTube video that you Mm -hmm. did on it. We should probably link that YouTube video. I know it's older and we always cringe when we go back and watch our old videos, but I remember seeing it and at first being like 43 fold, like, what is this? I and know. it even seemed, I'm like, why would you need 43 folders? And then once I heard you explain it, I was like, oh, like that makes so much sense. And I will say I have never utilized the system myself, um, but it is one of those things where I'm like, I could see where 
for some people, this works extremely it well. Did. It did. And that's, we have to remember like what works for one person isn't going to work for someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's why we like to share the ideas so that everyone listening can pick and choose what works for them. Yep. We're like the perfect combination because we're alike in so many ways. And yet we're very, very different in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. So I always love just, like I said, kind of hearing what other people do, because sometimes it might spark an idea. And so hopefully this episode did spark some ideas for you. These were our favorite like personal systems that we have implemented. If you haven't already, make sure you go back and check out the other three episodes we released this month for our series on systems. So we started with episode 193, which was titled Systems 101, How to Increase Your Efficiency Through Step-by-Step Processes. Then go ahead and listen to episode 194. We shared three must-have student systems for an efficient classroom. And then you can follow it up with the previous episode 195, previous to this one, not to that one. Y'all know what I mean. 195, three must-have teacher systems for an efficient classroom. Bridget, you have done our outro the past um, episode. Aww, you're going to take us home, lady. I'm going to take us home. Wow, I'm going to sit back and relax. Speaking of home, we would love for you to check out our homepage, teachingonthedevil.com. Once you are there, you can find all kinds of freebies. You can shop our store for digital planners and stickers and planner inserts. You can also submit a time-sucking hurdle. That will give you the chance to be featured in a future episode. We would love to hear what is sucking up your time, and hopefully we can give you some suggestions to help out. If you have not already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Y'all, it's free. And we all know free is every teacher's favorite number. All it does is it tells your podcast platform that you really enjoy listening to Teaching to the Top and you can set it to automatically download new episodes. That way they're there for you, ready to listen. And if you're like me and you like to listen to podcasts, like if you're traveling and on a plane and don't have Wi-Fi, you want to make sure those new episodes are downloaded because recently I was on a flight and I planned to listen to a podcast and I was like, oh, it didn't download the episodes. So make sure it's doing that. Also, if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, we would love for you to leave us a review. We do read them. We check up on them all the time. And it's a great way to support us. It only takes a few seconds of your time, but it will help us get into the ears of so many more teachers. And until next time, be timely. Stay organized and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.